Yo, what's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of the G Perspective. I am your host, George Michael Perez, aka G Mike. You already know what it is. Yes, the quality of the webcam is looking better because I upgraded to the 4K. It's going to be looking nice for the rest of the episodes from here on out. I'm excited for it because, man, you, you know, you look good, you feel good. You know what I'm saying? But I brought on a new guest this episode. His name is Andrew Charles. I call him Drew. We used to work together back in the day. Big time Orlando Magic fan. So we get into that. And we get into the Deshaun Watson suspension of, of only six games. So I hope you guys enjoy it just like I did. And I hope you guys subscribe and follow me on the social media, Twitter at George Mike Perez, IG, TikTok, and YouTube at GMikeMedia underscore. And the audio version of the podcast is under the Jeep Perspective on all podcast platforms. Hope you guys enjoy this one like I did. Let's get it. Andrew Charles, what up, my man? How you doing? Good, good. What's going on, sir? Good, man. You know, working hard over here. <laughs> Living life. Hey, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, man. So, guys, this is Andrew Charles. Uh, used to work with him back in the day. Both bartenders making a lot of money. A lot of people came to visit us and gave us tips. But I know him as Drew. So, the whole show, I'm going to be calling him Drew. <laughs> But Drew, man, I know you're a big time Orlando Magic fan, and I'm a big time Heat fan. We used to have those those rivalry talks all the time. We're gonna get more into that later. But right now, the big thing that's going on in sports, man, that the other day I was watching first take and they literally spoke for two hours on the Deshaun Watson suspension. Before we get into it, man, I want to know your thoughts on it, man, because I know there's two different sides of the spectrum for people, and that's okay, you know, and everybody has their own opinion and stuff. But for you, I want to I want to hear your thoughts on it, man. I kind of feel like uh, it's probably got to be something there. I know, like with the little things, whether it's just he really did something wrong or he's just inappropriate, it's got to be, you know, there's got to be something there. So I feel like. Uh, the NFL had to look at it like, hey, man, you represent us, even if it's not fully sexual harassment or whatever it might be. I have no idea. But uh, you you are being inappropriate. We kind of got to do something about it because you, you're representing our brand and whatnot. So I kind of get it. Um, I just think, you know, the NFL is all over the place. You know, you see something for one thing and it's like, oh, that was four games or something for, like something like this. Like, oh, that's six games. And you're like, that's it seems to be no real standard and i think that's something they really got to work on because that just it makes it hard to to look at it and be like yo what's what why was that that or why is this this or, and those kind of things so I, i'm i get it but at the same time like i feel like they they probably need to work on some things to make it a little more i guess understanding like why that was the punishment versus something else no, no, yeah, you bring up a good point because, like, just like I bring up, for example, uh, Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon, if people follow the NFL and they, they follow the Cleveland Browns, we'll say, because that's where he got the suspensions from with, well, with that team. Um, he was just basically smoking marijuana and they suspended him for like a year and then he came back and basically did the same thing and they suspended him for like another year. And it's like, when you compare the two, you got someone who's smoking trees 
and basically just trying to relax at home or whatever he do what he does and he goes um to the field and practices hard and puts all his efforts and then you got another guy We'll, we'll assume that it's true that he's sexually harassing these massage therapists and he's doing all these things and the NFL wants to protect the shield and they want to protect their fans and the, and the organization, the community, and they're only giving him a six game suspension. Like what you say is true. Like they don't have a standard for what's going on. And it's, it's insane. Like, uh, I think his was equivalent to like, uh, Ezekiel Elliott's who's like one woman versus 24, 25, whatever it is. Um, I don't know what, what Ben's was, but I think it was somewhere around the same thing. Um, but then, like, Brady's got, like, deflating balls. You're like, yeah, that can't be in the same category. Yet, like, it's only was, like, two games more or something like that. Like, you're like, ah, oh, um, uh, my boy from uh, from Atlanta, he got the whole season, and I get that's gambling. And so, like, you're playing with, like, the integrity of the NFL. But still, it was like $1,500 on, like, some parlays or something like that. And it's like, yo, you're out for the season. Like, this seems a lot bigger than that. So, I don't know. It seems uh, seems a little off balance, I guess, would be the, the best way to put it. Yeah, no. And going off of what you just said, it's saying that it's off balance. So, they give him a six-game suspension, right? And we'll be we'll, – we'll, we'll talk on both sides of the argument. So let's say he did do it. We'll assume he did do it. Is six games enough for the NFL to to give him, or should be should there be more? Should there be less? What do you think? I mean, I feel like uh, I know, like the the NFL. I think wanted more, but they they go through this new process now. But it, even from what I was hearing, like the not a hundred percent sure on her name, Sue Robinson, Sue Rob. Roberts, whatever yeah. her name, um, like she made it seem like, hey, no, he messed up. This is wrong. Like everything about it seemed like it was going to be pretty hard. And then she was just like, yeah, six games. And you're like, oh, well, you uh, you seem like you were fully on board with like the NFL and then went under what they suggested. So so that was kind of kind of strange. I feel like. Uh, I guess it's kind of like in a weird spot because you're like, you know, assuming that he did it, man, I, I, then, you know, I feel like there's probably more criminal charges, but uh, yeah, true. Um, if he didn't do it, then it's like, well, should there have been anything? I mean, if it's just misconduct, then may, maybe six games is the right, uh, I guess, like the right punishment versus like if there was actually more, you know, in the realm of like sexual harassment or, or you know, even, even as far as like sexual abuse, then it's like, all right, hey, something much bigger needs to be done than just like a little six game suspension. So, yeah. And, you know, we will never know the truth, I guess. And the way that the system is, is played out for us in the United States is just what you can prove. Right. So basically, the only people that really know what, what happened is those 25, 20, uh, 24, 25 women and himself. What really is going on in those massage uh, therapy rooms? And it's you know, it, it, it's it's hard to to really have an opinion on this when you don't have all the facts put out in front of you. But if he did do it, the guy is uh, a douchebag and he should be suspended more games and maybe even lose his job. But I'm not the one to say. And if he didn't do it, then you're giving a guy suspension just because of people are, are coming out word of mouth. So it's... Uh, 
it's a tough situation, man. I think that um, no matter what, even like people are going to be like, oh, the games are too much or the games are too less. And there's always going to be two sides of the argument that, I, that no one's going to be happy about until this man retires, until he gets out of the league and even years after that. So is it, it's going to be a tough situation for sure. Yeah, I feel like, uh, I mean, when you have that many women and it seems more like he, it was like a uh, like predatory sounds maybe a little strong, but like he was going after like, hey, I'm going to get I'm going to get this massage therapist. And I'm, you know, regardless of what she can do, because I have an, an, an um, like a, a I have a goal in mind of what I'm trying to do. Versus like, ah, oh, no, I'm just looking for a massage therapist and, and, oh man, you know, maybe I'll try this too. Like, it seemed like, like there was, there was definitely a plan when he was going after these. So I feel like that in itself probably, you know, warrants something, um, you know, just if it's just based off that, like, you know, you're kind of using your power and position to just try to like prey on these people who are just trying to make an honest living, to be honest. And so yeah. I feel like. Like that's probably in itself deserves something, but then you know you really got to take look into it and see if it's more than that to see like how much further does this go. No, especially that the NFL is trying to increase their female fan base because obviously from now 2022 to we'll say the beginning 2000s, it hasn't been the same. I'm sure the percentages have gone up. I haven't seen the facts on that, but just assuming that the percentages have gone up on the female fan base, you want to show the women that you care for them. And if you got a player that is going through these lawsuits and then in the middle of the lawsuit, well, towards the end of the lawsuit, he gets paid as the most highest paid quarterback in the league. How do you think that the females, the women are looking at this situation after he gets this big time contract? Yeah, I feel like that's that's got to be like a, uh, you know, to speak for all women is kind of crazy for me, but like for those 24, 25 women to be like, Hey, we brought this to you. And, and now you just, you just uh, gave this man a huge contract. That's definitely a slap in the face. And mm-hmm. um, so like, I don't know. I feel like you know, they definitely want to see something done regardless of, you know, their, their uh, settlements and things like that. Like it just, uh, they go through more than than you know what that money i guess would pay off or whatever but uh i think like regular people see it too and just like yeah i mean yeah you did something but he's still gonna be great on the other end and it's, it's not really i guess like the punishment isn't indicative of what the crime might be yeah yeah well i mean we got our opinions off for sure, but that's just the last thing because I heard and I saw, I read a, a couple articles that the NFL, when it came to this particular situation, just because of what has happened before with Ray Rice, Ezekiel Elliott, Ben Roethlisberger, so and so on and so on, that they were going to take a step back in this case and let the federal government actually deal with it. Do you think that was a smart move on their part, or you think that they should be more involved in the case just because it has to do with one of their star athletes in the league? I feel like um, if if there is a crime that's been committed, you got to let the the criminal justice system kind of do its thing because it's like there's got to be more than just game suspensions or 
or, you know, even being like kicked out of the league for, for a crime, you know, it's like, if you or you or I commit a crime, we don't just lose our jobs or we don't just get a suspension. Like, you know, we got to face, you know, the courts and jail time and those kind of things. And I don't think he should get a pass on that either. Um, so if, if they do find that there's actual like a, a criminal investigation that needs to be looked into, I think the NFL definitely has to let the, the courts do the thing and kind of investigate that and take whatever that they find. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you wholeheartedly. You took the words right out of my mouth. It's just, it, it, there shouldn't be a pass for anybody. No, no matter if you're LeBron James, one of the greatest basketball players in the world that everybody sees day to day and then compare it to a janitor in an elementary school. I don't think that no one should be safe from this and especially a situation like this that you're out here allegedly out here harassing 24 to 25 women in a, in a space that these women think that they're just doing their job and you're out here trying to be a predator a strong word for sure but a predator in that case so i mean hopefully he did not do it hopefully it's just all you know, a, a money grab scheme from from these women, because if it's really true, this guy, man, he, he needs to face some charges for sure. He needs to be out of the league because it's not it's not good for the league. It's not good for us as fans. And it's not good for for the world to see that on display. And then someone get rewarded a big time contract after doing these allegations. So for sure. Yeah. Yeah, man, but just switching him to a more up upbeat, you know, because that's that's pretty tough. It's a pretty tough situation to talk about. But hey, man, your Orlando Magic, bro, hey, <laughs> good upcoming season. I I would say, in my opinion, just because of the first draft pick that they got in Pablo Bencaro. How you feeling about your Magic this season, man? I feel like uh, it's definitely on a on an upswing. You know, I'm not gonna get crazy and tell you, you know. <laughs> finals or anything like that but I mean definitely think they're they're making the push in the right direction you know you got a very young squad that's that's doing big things and I think with a little bit of time they're they're going to get more comfortable and and you can see like you know I I don't think it's it's a a stretch to say that like you know in a year or two they're going to be like the new Atlanta or or one of these teams that you just like up and coming teams that just you know are are based around like a little star and starting to do their thing. Like, I, I would like to see that happen and us kind of go that direction. And I wouldn't be surprised by that. Yeah, I agree with you. It is, is, it is going upward from here. I don't think that it's going to uh, trend down anytime soon just because of uh, Ben Carroll. We'll, we'll, we'll go back to him, but you guys got Cole Anthony. He's a great point guard in my, in, in my opinion, he knows how to read the floor. He's, he, comes with tenacity and, and intensity every single game from what I see. And then you got other young, young bucks too. You got Jalen Suggs, even though last year was a injury year for him um, in a sense. And you, you guys got some young players for sure. And I think um, the coach, he really brings some good energy too, it's, uh, some intelligence. So I think you guys are going uphill. It's gonna be tough for you guys in my opinion, to make the playoffs, but just stick on with Pablo Bencaro. What what do you what do you like out of the kid? What do you think that he's gonna bring to the table for you guys? I mean, he uh he's a good sized guy. Like he he moves well for his size. Um, 
he he seems to really like fit into like the uh the NBA role. Like I feel like he's he's gonna have less trouble, you know, adjusting just because of his size and the way he plays and things like that. Like it's like, oh man, this is like, you know, a man playing against other men versus like, you know, some of these other guys, uh, when they get in, it's like, oh wow, I'm I'm, I'm with like pros now and this is a little different like he seems to be like finding his groove and really handling himself I mean you looked at like the the summer league and he only had the two games but I think that was more of a uh, like yeah we saw what we needed to see and he seems fine we're not really worried about it let's get him out of there and uh and and kind of keep him safe from from like potential injury versus just like uh oh yeah no I don't know if he's ready yet we don't want him to play like it, it definitely seemed like the opposite so I think he's going to fit well. I think, um, you know, he's got some pieces around him. Um, so I think it should be good. You know, like you said, I don't know if we're a playoff team, but I definitely think, you know, we could be fighting for like that, that uh, play in spot type of thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, I agree. I think you guys can fight for the play in spot. And just going off of what you said about Pablo, I think the same thing. I think he's the most nba ready prospect out of this draft and i think that's why magic went with him first because they were supposed to go uh with uh if i'm not mistaking his name um smith i forgot his first jabari Jabari smith yes thank you jabari smith they were supposed to go with him first but i'm pretty sure right a few hours before they were looking at paulo and they're like oh this this guy is 610 he knows how to post he, he his game is familiarized with i would say jason tatum anthony davis maybe a little kevin durant uh, from the arc and and because of his size but i think I, I agree i think he's the most nba ready prospect now in saying that Let's say he has a good year, right? Or even great year and he gets rookie of the year. There's going to be some moves that the the Magic are going to have to make in order to uh, keep improving their team. So would you want to build around him only or would you include some other pieces to build around with him? I mean, it's kind of tough because it's like you – you look at like um like you hear like someone like Donovan Mitchell or something like that and it's like oh man if, if you got a chance to Donovan Mitchell you got to kind of take it um but at the same time I feel like you you have a plan and when you do something like that you kind of throw out the plan you got to restructure everything around that because you saw an opportunity and I feel like you know with what we have it's a young squad um you can you can kind of stick to the plan and kind of see what happens. See if you can, you know, build something from the draft. Um, you know, and I feel like a lot of times uh, you can make that happen. You know, there's teams that are like built around what they've drafted and things like that versus just trying to go out and get a, a, a superstar. Um, you know, Orlando's not a, a hot spot, you know, destination for, for a lot of these players. So to put your eggs in that basket, thinking that you could package something up with, you know, uh, a few players and try to go after somebody like that. I think it's probably a little bit of a stretch. You know, it um, it's. I think, you know, Rashard Lewis is probably the last like big name that we really were able to pull, and that was 2009 or 2008, something way back then. So you, you're talking a long time ago. They really haven't been able to sign anybody or bring them in 
that's been, you know, at that caliber level, you know, Vucevic was a trade with Dwight Howard. Um, a lot of these other players is just, they traded in and, and did well versus, uh, you know, just bringing in like a, a hot guy like that. So I think your best bet is just try to build around it. Um, you know, you got Fultz, uh, when he's healthy, the, the, the team is better. I know the, uh, like the last, the last uh, little stretch of the season when he was playing, even on his 20 minutes, um, he looked good. He made the team better. Um, Wagner is, is doing great. He was first team all rookie, uh, last year. Um, so he's putting up stats. I I saw something where like when he shoots 15, when he takes like 15 uh, attempts, his numbers skyrocket, like almost like 23 points a game and and whatnot. So if you can get somebody like that, it's a little bit more comfortable shooting and, and kind of doing his thing. Um, you know, like you said, with uh, Paolo just kind of getting more comfortable and, and playing and, and doing his thing. You know, you could have two potential guys that are that are, you know, legit scorers. And I think that's really what they need. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know if anybody was up over eight, like 18 points a game last year. So if you could find, you know, a couple of guys that could like really start providing some offense on like a, a, a night in, night out basis. I think you'd be all right with with uh, just kind of growing the team from where it's at. Yeah, I think you hit it right on the head. You obviously know magic basketball, so that's that's good. You're a good fan. So just off of that, I know that they're trying to sell the team. I know it's like a rumor that's going around and stuff, and I've heard that one of the rumors was trying to get Shaq to buy the team. Let's say that Shaq does buy the team. Do you think that would help improve the whole roster, front office, organization, or you think that it would be more of a downhill? Uh I mean, I don't see how Shaq could hurt. Um, you know, I would assume, you know, he he would probably be like some kind of uh, minority owner. But, you know, it's still attaching like a big name face and a big name in basketball to the team, which I think would probably, you know, I don't see how that could hurt. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't. I, does it help you bring more people in? I don't know. Um Maybe maybe a guy here or there, but uh, I I just think you know a lot of teams a lot of these guys are looking for for ready made teams or big markets you know if mm. if I'm not winning I want my bag and uh, you know necess- not it's not always uh, Orlando's not always that spot you know even if your salary's good you know what you can do in that city and and what that city brings to the table I think really plays a role. You know, that's why people like, you know, the Miamis, the New Yorks, the L.A.s, the Chicago's, those kind of things. So I don't know. I I think I think right now the best bet is to just kind of grow from from within. You know, if something crazy pops off and, you know, Kevin Durant's knocking at your door saying, hey, you know, what can you do for me? Mm -hmm. But (laughs) the likelihood of that happening and and whatnot, like I, I think. You got to plan, stick with it. It looks like it's it's definitely moving in the right direction, and and see what happens. You know, we might find out in three years that you know he was a bust, and you got to restart all over or something like that. But but for right now, it looks it looks good. So you know, don't don't uh don't mess up what seems like a good thing. No, it definitely does look good. And with that young that young team, they they come to play. They they play hard. And they didn't want the record that they had last year, but I'm pretty sure they're going to improve. They're going to work all summer and try to get that up there 100%. And we're both on the same boat that I think they will 
fight for a play in tournament. They gotta they gotta really come at every single team in the East this year to try to get that spot. But let's say before the trade deadline, from now to the trade deadline is and the last thing before we get out of here, is there any moves that you think that the Magic should make in order to try to get over that hump, try to make the seven, the seventh spot, sixth spot, fifth spot this this season right now to, to make that move? Um, I mean, I don't have I don't have any names off the top of my head that I could think of, but I definitely think, you know, with with the young roster that we have, a lot of these guys are still on like rookie contracts. You know, I think something like like the top six are like under like 24 years old, 23 years old. Like you're talking about a really young squad. So I think there's some cap space. I would rather see if you could sign like a um, kind of like a, a mid-tier like veteran that can kind of maybe just hold these guys a little bit better. Um, like I said, I, I don't – I can't think of a name off the top of my head, especially that's available for something like that. But, you know, uh, if you could get somebody that's just like, hey, look, you know, this guy's uh, an 18, 5 and 5 veteran and, and he's going to add, you know, some of that uh, – that wisdom to the team that, you know, that it lacks due to the age and stuff like that. I think that would probably be something a little bit more exciting or I, mean, I guess like better for the team. And uh, I think they could probably use something like that. Cause you know um, I can't, I can't think of, of who it was right now, but they were like, you know, the veteran on the team, you're looking at like Terrence Ross or somebody like that. And I, and I think probably somebody a little bit bigger than that, but um but after that, I think it falls down to like 26, 27 years old. Like you're not talking about real, like, mm-hmm. like a lot, a lot of experience. Maybe find somebody with a little playoff experience and stuff like that and, and help help a lot of these you know, kids kind of mold into where they want to be. No, yeah, definitely. They do need at least like two, I would say two or three veterans out there that they can show them the ropes and show them how to win high intensity games, especially coming down in the fourth quarter that you're down by three points or maybe with like 20 seconds left and stuff like that. Like that, that's more of a mental game than a physical game at that point, because you gotta, you gotta lock in, you gotta stay focused and try to try to win the game, try to beat your opponent because your opponent is going to be on a tier. So yeah, no, I agree with you. I think that they should bring in a a, a veteran that come and teach teach them the ropes. Uh, maybe maybe even two, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. You guys are for sure on the climb, a hundred percent. We could agree on that. I'm excited. I, I think I to start watching some of these games. You know, uh, I mean, you gotta you gotta scour the internet to ever find them because we don't get a lot of TV time. But uh, when I when I get some times and I find it, I, I definitely want to watch some of these games and really like see what these guys are putting together and uh, and and I'm excited. I think it'll be it'll be fun to watch. I think they're like towards the end of the season they became like a fun team to watch, and um, and I think it's just gonna continue. This should be good. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know I'm up here in Orlando, man. So if you want to come up here and watch a game, let me know. We'll, we'll go to a Magic Heat game. You already know. Never <laughs> actually. <laughs> Uh, Amway. Oh no! Uh, when I was there, it was the other the other arena, and I, I did that one a couple of times. I forget what it was called. Um, or maybe that was Amway. Is it still called Amway now? Yeah, it's still called Amway now. Before it was called, but I went to that one. But when they built the new one, I, I've never been to it yet. Yeah, it's nice. I, I I drive past it probably almost every day, and it's, it's nice outside for sure. It, it looks legit. I just never been inside. 
the area is nice. Like it's just like a cool place to hang out and things like that. So yeah, yeah, facts, facts. Well, Drew, hey, I appreciate you, man. Real quick before we get out of here, let the fans know where they can follow me at. Guys, you can follow me on Twitter at George Mike Perez, IG, TikTok, YouTube at G Mike Media underscore. And then the podcast audio version itself is under the G Perspective on all podcast platforms. Drew, I appreciate your time, man. And I thank you for sure. I'm going to have you on again during the season so we can see where the magic are at. All right, man. I appreciate it. I had a good end of the lap. Appreciate you, man. All right.